Father, our song will always be to you. In all the cacophony of four of voices in the world, we silence our spirit before you and lift up our praise unto you. Can you lift up your hands to God and just wave to him? That even in the grave, I will still be singing your praise. At all times, my worship will rise as a savor unto you, O God, because of your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. If I were to consider who I was and where I was and consider where I'm at, I have no choice but to give you thanks, O God. Receive our thanksgiving, O God. Receive our praise. And if we're to consider where you want to take us to and that you have the power to bring in the past, our, our thanksgiving will rise unto you. Be glorified, O God. Be magnified, our King. We worship you in the beauty of holiness. We, we ascribe greatness and majesty, power and dominion to you. There's none like you, O God. Reign over our lives. Reign in our lives, O God. Do what you want to do. There's none like you, O God. There's none comparable to you, O God. There's none at all like you. In all of creation, you sit supreme as King of kings and Lord of lords. Bless your children this evening, O God. Be Jehovah Olubeja for us, O God. Fight for us our battles. Give us the victory. That people may know that you love your children. We know that you're doing it. We're going to give you all the praise. We're going to give you all the glory. Great will be our testimonies. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let your amen sound like you really mean it. Can you join? Can you join with the heavens and put your hands together? And bless the Lord, oh God. Bless the Lord our God. thank Grace Corral to my left, Grace Corral to my right. God bless you for always doing the best you can. Please help me celebrate them. Thank you. Hallelujah. This evening we want to look at some the word of God in an interactive way. It is an interactive Bible study. It's quite peculiar to Grace Assembly and that's because I am sure that all of you are loaded with revelation, all of you are loaded with knowledge, and as we share it, it will be multiplied unto us and propel us to the place of our testimony, so shall it be in Jesus' name. Help me touch your neighbor, say, Pastor, is talking about you, you are loaded, you are loaded, you have revelation, you're going to share with us today, hallelujah. I want to go straight to the word of God today, and I, where I want to start from is the time that the angels of the Lord visited Abraham in his tent. The Bible says he fed them. He says, please let me feed you. And as they were going, they said, where is your wife Sarah? And Sarah was around, but she was hiding at the back of the tent. And they said to Abraham, your wife is going to have a son. And guess what Sarah did? Anybody? Can you remember what Sarah did? She laughed. She laughed. She didn't laugh out of excitement or joy. She laughed out of frustration and scorn. Because she was old and she had a record of barrenness. I mean, please, let me ask you. Would you dare laugh if angels told your husband or your father you're going to be a great person? Would you laugh? Would you laugh? Would you laugh? No, you would have laughed too. <laughs> In the circumstances that made her laugh, a lot of us would have laughed. Do you understand what I'm saying? How much better does it get that God visits you by an, not one angel, I think there were two or three of them, and left a word. And you didn't hear it from your husband, you heard them saying it because you were close enough. And your response was not amen. Your response was laughing. How shall these things be? Being that I have the record of barrenness, my husband is old. And this is the story in reality of all of us. 
Today, in the year of the Lord, 2023, the Lord says we're going to have happy outcomes. And some people are saying, how shall it be? It's already late. It's the 11th hour. How shall this be? And our mother, Sarah, laughed. Some people may not laugh. Some may frown. Some people may not frown. Some people may just walk away. Because... They consider their situation, their experience, and it doesn't add up. And that's why today I bring you a word I entitled, Seems Impossible, Looked Improbable, and Now It Is Inevitable. I hope. Okay. Seems impossible, Sarah, you are going to have a child. Looks improbable by the sequence of events and the biology of life. But when God speaks, it is become is going to become inevitable. I'm prophesying now. Somebody say amen. amen. The scripture is up on the screen. It says in Romans 4, verses 17 to okay, is I don't know what's wrong there. 17, Romans 4, 18. The Passion Translation says, Against all odds, let's read that together. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. It took God at his word and as a result, somebody say as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Should I pronounce that over you or not? I'm asking a question. Do you want me to pronounce that the word of the Lord will come to pass over you or not? The Bible says he took God at his word despite his situation and as a result. Which means directly consequential. He became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. The declaration of the Lord over Grace Assembly, I stand in my office, I repeat it over and over, it is happy outcomes and God's declaration will come to pass over every one of us and our families in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I sent a word today to you, I said today, not today. How many of you got that text message? Today, not today, we will learn how to move our dreams of happy outcomes away from impossible, past improbable, to becoming inevitable. Praise God. Against all odds, for the student of English, you could write books and books and books on this three words, against all odds. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless. Completely hopeless. Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became not just the father of Isaac, the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. God's declaration over me, over you, over this house will come to pass the same way in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, not today, the devil has to lose his battle. We're going to learn how to move our dreams. God gave him a dream. You will be a father, not just of Isaac, of many nations. Move away our dreams from the impossible. Move it past improbable and tabernacle at the point of inevitable. Oh, I wish I had some English students here. Three words, impossible, improbable, and inevitable. Glory to God. Now, I have a quotation that I want up on the screen that I came up with talking about dreams. The dream is, is the picture the complete picture of what God said to you. God may not paint a dream for you. He gives you a word. But with your imagination, you flesh it out in technicolors and you have a picture. So what I say is our dreams or the picture of what God promised us may first seem impossible. And then as we consider 
time and all kinds of things going on, we may conclude that the dream is improbable, but when we exercise faith, they become inevitable. Our dreams first seem impossible, then we conclude they are improbable, but when we exercise faith, they become what? Inevitable. Does, do you understand that? Do you understand that? Our dreams, particularly when they go beyond our capacity to produce it, would actually at the beginning seem impossible. True or false? You know, some, that's why we don't talk to people about our dreams. When, when, when Joseph spoke about his dreams, his father told him to keep quiet. His mother said, oh, shut up. How can 11 stars bow to you? Who are you? It's the sun and the moon. His brothers put him in a pit and said, let us see what will become of your dreams. In the pit, his dreams looked impossible. As a houseboy in Potiphar's house, the dream was even further away. He was now um, um, uh, an illegal immigrant in Egypt. And then after that, they put him in jail. If you went through all that, would you not say the dream has become impossible? I can't hear you. Now, our dreams first seem impossible. Because they seem impossible, then we will conclude they are improbable. But when we exercise faith, they become inevitable. I want us to discuss the three words impossible. What does it mean for something to be impossible? What does it mean? You said you're going to, everybody's going to bow to you, and now you're the prisoner, and there's no record, you were not tried. There's no, nobody even knows you're there. Nobody can come and file an appeal. They don't even know where you are. Your father thought you're dead. Is that impossible or not? Does it get any worse of, than that or not? That's it, you're done. It happens like that. Did God give him a dream or not? God did. How come God allowed the dream to become seemingly impossible? And here today, we have many Josephs in the congregation. Some are listening to me online. And many of us don't talk about dreams anymore because life has made it look impossible. Your brothers actually said, let us see what will become of your dream. It means 10 people stood against your dream. The enemies of a man can be of his own household. Am I making some sense? When that happens, we begin to conclude that the dream is improbable. It is not likely to happen. Let's talk about impossible. What does it mean for something to be impossible? Anybody that, anybody, just say it from where, what does it mean for something to be impossible? Not gonna happen. No hope. I like that one. Who said no hope? Receive blessing in Jesus' name. Anybody else? What does it mean to be impossible? Unachievable. Down now, long one. No hope. I like that one. Direct. Somebody else? Cannot. Lie lie to lie lie. Impossicant. Clap for the man of God here. You know, it's good when a pastor has been a rascal before and he becomes a pastor, he, he has the language. You can't miss it. Impossible can't. Impossible and cannot happen. Every voice that torments you and comes to try to convince you that what God said will not happen, I speak disgrace to that voice in the name of Jesus. They will not die. They will live to see the performance of the word of the Lord. Because the Lord of God will not proceed without accomplishing what it was meant to be. The only way it will not happen is if you do not have faith. God is committed to his word, but his word must connect with faith. And we're learning how to make our dreams go past the impossible, um, avoid the impossible, go past the improbable and end up in the place of inevitability, that it is inevitable, it will come to pass. Glory to God. Now, that's the first one. Impossible is, means no chance at all. Somebody said impossible. Pastor, you said, you said what? No hope. Hey, 
may somebody not look at my destiny and say no hope you write jam six times seven times they know you as you're coming say ah headmaster here they come again what they're saying is no hope that's why Sarah laughed you're already 70 <laughs> you have not even had one pregnancy you want to talk about pregnant no hope she laughed I pray you never look at yourself and say no hope I forbid that that will be anybody's portion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. With God, all things are impossible and nothing is impossible with God. She laughed. She was a believer. She's the mother of the, each of, 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 the, of the tribe called Israel. But she laughed. Even though she started wrong, she regained. Anybody that lost hope before, you're going to regain your position in Jesus' mighty name. We look at the word improbable. What does improbable mean? Our dreams may first seem impossible, then we conclude that they are improbable. Anybody? Improbable, what does it mean? It's not likely. No hope not likely two two words no hope not likely anybody else improbable okay give him the microphone um, I would like to take this chair as an example if you say that what are the chances that this chair can become an orange it's, it's imp impossible now what are the chances that this chair can become a table it's improbable it's improbable so it's unlikely that this chair can become a table but if somebody does one or two things it's possible there's a chance because there's some materials there's there some you can things use. that you can tweak together and make it so impossible is complete no chance it can't become an orange but become a table maybe 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 not what are your hands doing that illustration works. To become an orange? Nah, impossible. To become a table? Maybe a small table. If you take the back and it has legs already and so on. So, the word improbable means... Come on now. <laughs> Maybe somehow, somehow, but it's far removed. So what I say is impossible means no chance at all. Improbable means unlikely to happen. It is unreal, it is far-fetched, and it is doubtful that it can ever happen. And that's where we conclude. If we can't say my situation is impossible, a lot of us, at the back of our minds, no matter what I preach, there's a word that can be termed improb improbable running through your mind. How? After all this time, can this be? So improbable means something that we consider far-fetched. It is doubtful it can happen. It is unreal. It is far-fetched. That's what happened to Sarah. I'm too old. It is too far-fetched. <laughs> but who has spoken when Jehovah has not spoken? I want to interest you with what I have in my notes. Improbable means something is unlikely to happen, whilst impossible means it is def it definitely will not happen and cannot happen. The last word I want us to look at in my quotation is inevitable. What does it mean when it says your blessing is inevitable? Your promotion is inevitable. Your elevation is inevitable. Your testimony is inevitable. I, I knew you answered to that. So what does that inevitable mean? How does it qualify your testimony, your breakthrough, your rising, your getting married? How does it qualify it? It is certain. Clap for this lovely lady. It is certain. There is a certainty about it. It is on course. Somebody else, inevitable. 
as you speak it, as you give us an answer, your blessing, the answer to that prayer that is paining you is inevitable. You want to say something or you are just lifting up your hand? Huh? Undeniable. That's a good one. Let's clap for her. Okay, Toby, let's hear you. Good evening. I want to follow Pastor Collins' route and give an illustration as well. <laughs> Pastor Collins, see what he so, <laughs> Inevitable simply is with an illustration. If I carry anything and I throw it up, if I carry, let's say if I carry Pastor Collins up now and I throw him into the <laughs> <laughs> and I throw him into the air. Will Pastor Collins stay in the air? No. Or would he knock the ground? Uh, inevitably. <laughs> he will inevitably hit the floor. But so I will not let it. you throw him up because he's <laughs> our treasure. Can you clap for Toby's mischievous analysis? <laughs> if you throw something up, it is unavoidable, it is inevitable. What goes up must come down. And what God is sending to you will inevitably land in your life. That happy outcome will arrive at your house. Inevitably in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Inevitable to my, in my own note, means unstoppable. Do you like that one? Your blessing is unstoppable. It is bound to occur. It will happen without fail. It is guaranteed to happen. Will somebody clap their hands? It is guaranteed to happen. Sarah laughed, but it was guaranteed to happen. He says, by this time of life, your wife will have a, a, a child. And it came to pass. Hannah went to the temple. She'd been going time and time and time again. And it was always embarrassment when she comes back. The woman who used to make her sick with, with pain and, 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 and disappointment was waiting for her to say, now so you go last year. Ten years you've been going to church. This year too, that's how you come home without your happy outcome. Failure to that voice in Jesus' name. Because she did something that we were going to talk about. She did something. And all of a sudden, what tarried arrived. And the man of God came and said, whatever you ask for, inevitably will happen. And Samuel became the answer. And after that, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, there were at least five other children that God gave. I'm prophesying to someone now, if you move away from impossible and stop romancing the improbability of what God said and you will exercise faith, that blessing will become inevitable and will not travel alone. It will come good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. So shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our dreams first seem impossible. Then we conclude by ourselves they are mm, improbable. That's when we settle. Hello. When it became improbable to Joseph, he told the butler, tell Pharaoh about me, not to make me prime minister, so everybody will bow, to let me go. You settle for crumbs. Jesus said, he said the bread is for the children. The crumbs is for the dog. When you settle for less than what God said, you're acting like a dog. You are not a dog. You are the child. The bread belongs to the children. I knew not everyone will clap for me there, but that's fine. Heaven is clapping for me. The bread is for the children. And just because it looked seemed impossible, and now it begins to uh, look even improbable, does not mean it is inevitable. So when it was impossible, and when he judged everything that could possibly happen, he settled for, let me go. Go to where? Go to what? The only way is forward. No retreat no surrender. If God said it, he will do it. If he promised it, come on now, he will bring it to pass. I wish I could get a witness in the house. 
us, why do we speak impossible? Why do we arrive at a place that it looks, we, as we say to ourselves, we conclude to ourselves, it is improbable. What is it that happens? Let's forget the Bible. Let's talk about 2023 in Nigeria, in Grace Assembly, in the city of Lagos, with all the things going on. What are the things, I want some examples, that makes a believer say, mm, it's impossible. Is it because God has become smaller? Who said dollar? Should we clap for her? <laughs> Let's clap for her. <laughs> now, but on a serious note, when God spoke something to you, you heard it clearly. For some time, you kind of held on with it, but you got a point, you say it's impossible. Did, is it that God became smaller? Talk now. Is it that God became smaller? Is it that Satan became stronger? What did she say? Give her the microphone. Maybe if I don't, if I hear you clearly. Mm. So you are saying that uh, when, mm. when we are, um, when we believe what we are not supposed to believe. No, no. I said when you first receive the word, you receive the word with faith. You are excited. Yes, yes. But over the period of time, a lot of things happen like yes. it's happening in Nigeria. Yes. And the dream seems so far away, it now seems impossible. Yes. I'm saying, is it that God who spoke it has become smaller so he can't do it? Or is it that Satan has become so much stronger than God that he can take God's word and break it? For, for us, to us, Satan has now become so bigger that uh, God is now seems smaller. Oh, to the person. Yes, since we can't believe it. Is, is that true? Can it happen to a believer that you allow yourself to be so bamboozled? When the situation is too much, you just believe. You just have to believe with your reality. Uh -huh. Not God again. Okay, so you believe your reality... Yes more than the sovereignty of God yes. so to you God is reduced and Satan is now very powerful yes because the, 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 the pressure of the noise of circumstance is real the, oh circumstances have noise yes really yes so there's a noise that can come from your circumstances that drowns out your promise from God yes we now don't even remember the word or even God we just situate my situation now you just settle into yes. the situation yes sir can you clap for her please <laughs> Toby wants to say something I want to see your hand up you gotta say something hello church once again Good evening, again. So, I'll use an illustration. I'm following Pastor Collins by force by fire. <laughs> take time, take your time. So I was thinking, imagine if someone, um, <clears throat> Pastor Steve's daughter, a height, then now imagine people like me mm -hmm. surrounding her. Mm -hmm. And then the promise of God is after that. She won't see promise of God because I am there. There are like seven or fifteen you're, of you're, you're blocking her yes, view. So she can't even see anything. And she is like she can't even see up, above my shoulder. So she will even see if there's light at the end of the tunnel. Child. So that is one illustration. Wait, 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 wait. So we should be careful what surrounds us. Yes. You're getting the key to your problem now. Be careful what surrounds you. So there's one analogy Uncle Leke gave me years ago when I was still in school. He said it's just like your mirror now. If you're using the rear view mirror, you can only see what's at the back. You can only see the issues that are surrounding you and it is very limited. It gives you a limited scope. But if you use your um, windscreen, you can see a lot. There's light coming in. And you can see the future in front exactly. of you. Exactly. It's bright. There's hope. There's still hope. So what I feel is whenever the word of God comes, it's like electricity, it's like you're high on dopamine. So it's like, ah, God will do it, he will do it. First month, ah, it's God. You hear testimonies here. Testimonies is always good to be listening to testimonies. You hear, 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 hear. And the next thing you're thinking, ah, is it that there's something I'm doing that God doesn't like? Now, these are the voices, the circumstances. They have voices like Mr. Motara said. That the voices are telling you that you've done something that God doesn't like. You now start cross-checking yourself. Even what is not a sin, you've counted it as a sin. Before you know it now, you're acting out of character. 
trying to follow up or trying to rush after a God that really has even left your space. So that's one thing. Even God, God, you are looking at me up there. Please answer us fast. <laughs> because you know Daisy. But that is basically... Can you clap for him, please? You know, something struck me what he said. He says it depends on the glass you're looking at. If you're looking at your rear view glass, you only see your problems. You only see where you, all the things are in the past that is not good. God is not in the past. God is in the now and God is in the future. But if you look into your windscreen, it's bigger, it's wider. There's light coming in. There's no darkness there. And you see what God is about to do. Somebody, this is the equation. Take your eyes off the rear view mirror. Let the past be past. And let us see what God is doing in the now. Come on, give Toby a, hand, a round of applause. Okay. So I'm asking why impossible? How do we get there? Let's hear that a believer begins to say it is impossible. Praise the Lord. Pastor, this topic is very deep. <laughs> uh, and um, sincerely for me, it's um, Christians um, are reality. Mm. Because how, how will I move on when, for example, I'm supposed to be a blessing to others? I cannot even feed myself. So how can I even... Is, how can you keep believing? <laughs> yes. How can I? How can I? Okay. So there, there was a day my sister went to camp to go and pray, and she said she was there for like three days, and she met uh, one man there, and this man came to ask her for money, and she said, "I've seen you here. You've been praying since yesterday. She said it's not God you are praying to. If it is the same God you are praying to, you'll not be begging for money here." And. He said the man look at that said you are judging me judging me. he said i'm not judging you what i can see that you are doing is to even me i've been looking at you since the way you are praying fervently like this because after praying doing all those things and reality setting you will just go back to begging to normal life so you know when we are in church, the the, the spirit, there's anointing. Yes, there is anointing. You're feeling very powerful. Yes, but immediately you are going outside like that. That devil that is always waiting for the people, the thunder fire that devil in the name of the Holy Spirit fire drive all of them out of there in Jesus' name. Say amen now. They're always waiting just at the door of the church. Say, hey, that one you wait here now, church me and you now. Then is not probable anymore. Ambassador. Good evening, George. You know, in the scripture, there's tell us that, is there any impossible things that God cannot do? It's not anything too difficult for God. Yeah, too difficult for God to do. You know, at outreach department, when we go for prison administration, when you listen to ministry to them. Okay. Somebody has a case. They call it skirt and blouse. That skirt and blouse case is murder and uh, uh, murder and robbery. You know, it's a very difficult case. Sir, you are a lawyer. You know, mm -hmm. somebody committed a murder. He pieces that person. Then, they now put it again. Another case of uh, robbery. So the, the the guy was looking at himself that what nonsense are these people telling me? I committed this offense now. He confessed that he committed the offense. But we continue telling him that God will set you free. Other people they were mocking him that are uh, you. Your own okay. <laughs> and he has spent 10 years in the prison. But the last time they went to court, they just said that they couldn't see any charges against him. That you are by discharge and acquitted. He was in the dock, he was looking like this. Me, me, I don't know what spirit touched his mind. He just ran away inside the court. That's how he 
gain his freedom. So since then I've been looking at the impossibles of the ladder. You know, we that go let, there too. Let me let me let me remind you, Ikoyi prisons. Yes, sir. I was coming from the Philippines or something or Singapore, and the Lord told me on the plane and said, It's time for you to go. You know, you've been telling me, Pastor, they're asking for you that pastor. I said, I don't have anything to say. Yes, sir. You just ministered to them. Then God said, I go. You remember that day? Yes, sir. As I walked in there, I said, I didn't come here to preach. Yes, you did not preach that day. Sir. I said, God said, Those come and there. set the captives free. Anybody that is sorry for what he did, or anybody that did not do it, but is resolute to go. I said, go and call the people that didn't come to this meeting. People were, the place was full. They were standing by the window. And I lifted up my hands as the Lord said it, let it be done. He is the one that set the captives free. So shall it be done in the mighty name of Jesus. People were shouting amen. That was when the, the captain of the fellowship said, sir, you don't know me. Yes, sir. But I know you. I said, I was in this prison. You paid for my school sacks. I had lectures. I did school sat. You paid for my jam. I did my degree. You remember that day? Yes. And I did my master's. And I'm living in about two weeks. So it's, I've been praying to God to send you so I can say thank you to you. The place broke into all kind of applause. And then you remember... The superintendent of uh, the superintendent of Ikoi prisons came here with his uniform. Is in is in Dublin now. Is in where? Is Dublin. In, yeah. <laughs> he came here to come and testify. He said, "You don't know this man right here." He said, "In the history of the prisons of Nigeria, from the day they started it, what never happened happened." He said, "About a third of the prisoners yeah. were set free in a space of six weeks or something like that. Even when there was no vehicle to take people to court, you know, he said it. I wish multimedia would bring out the testimony so we can pray." So he said, "I came to tell you." that this man is a dangerous man that it has never happened in the history that even the courts have never done it before they just went they let everybody out and a third of the people were released is it true or not yes sir yes. when i came and i said i didn't come here to preach i came to set the captives free it sounded impossible yes they looked improbable yeah. but it became in a detail. Yes. I wish Grace Assembly people tell people outside what happens in Grace Assembly. You don't, because it is an unusual testimony. In the history of Nigeria, it has never happened before. Now, I'm talking about impossible, come on now, improbable, and inevitable. You see, it was inevitable the chief warden was going to come here to say because they'd never seen anything like that before. they couldn't even explain they said even the remember he said when they didn't have vehicle somehow somebody would charter a vehicle for them and when they got to court shh, the judge just set people free he said for the first time it happened and somebody what they said is impossible what seemed impossible will become inevitable for you to come to pass this year a happy outcome in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ now why improbable we talked about impossible impossible is what's those two words again impossible no hope this one is not no hope but very deferred hope <laughs> It's almost impossible. Why do we say, okay, it's not impossible? Uh, I beg, it's not probable. Eh? You do what? The hope is adjourned, hey, my learned friend. I hear you. <laughs> eh? Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking, what is no longer yeah, speaking our term for? <laughs> Uh, and, and so you're a lawyer by marriage. Ben, I'll see you at MBA. <laughs> Toby, you again. Oh, yeah, let's oh, hear you. Plenty. Uh, hey, so, the revelation is flowing. The improbable. So improbable is used in analytical terms or mathematical terms. Oh, Made, you'll get it. It means it, when we put it together, Taba, Fimako. Could make sense. Yes. So if, if someone comes and says, you know what, my God says two plus two is seven million. You're like, one, two, three. That this person said is not correct. But the person is telling you that this is the math. 
But we, when we calculate it according to the earthly mathematics or the earthly, we put it through earthly science. There are situations be child. <laughs> Let me read the scripture to you. Romans 4 verse 17 to 22, the full text. That's what was on my slide. It says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. And he took God at his word. Somebody listen to me. That's the equation. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became what he was not. What looked impossible, what looked improbable, he became inevitably the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Put your hand on your head. Say, Lord, your declaration both the one you said in church and the one you said to me personally will come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ ah, what was the declaration the declaration was that your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count may our breakthrough prosperity be so great it will be impossible to count in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Verse 19 says, in spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith, in spite of being nearly 100 years his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact. His faith was so strong, that faith was so strong, it could not be undermined by the fact. I always talk about facts and truth. The fact was that he was already impotent by age. The fact was that his wife was barren completely. But the truth was that he inevitably was going to become the father of many nations. I'm speaking the equation to somebody. Do not let the situation undermine. Uh, do, do not let the word of God be undermined by the facts surrounding your life. The truth is that God has spoken and it will come to pass. His faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable, is the word. They were medically incapable of conceiving a child. And yet his faith was so strong, it could not be undermined by that fact. Their incapability, both medically and any other way, it was impossible. But the Bible says, it is one thing, it is impossible for God to lie. If he said it, he will do it. It is in not, there's no probability what God says. It's a definitive. I like Abraham. His faith was so strong, it could not be undermined by the fact. The reasoning behind that word is the, our situation, the facts and the figures and the experiences and the, and the history of your, your family, you always want to undermine the word of God. Even time passing, we want to undermine the word of God. His faith was so strong. Somebody hear me. This is church. It could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. How much more become a father of many nations? Verse 20 to 21 says, he never stopped believing God's promise. Oh, Catulia. Hey. He never stopped believing God's promise for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had the power needed to fulfill his promises. Three words, Abraham glorified God. So now you can see why Abraham's faith was credited to his account as righteousness before God. Because Abraham's faith... By Abraham's faith, Abraham glorified God. This means faith glorifies God. Lack of faith then does what? If faith glorifies God, lack of faith does what then? He does what? It dishonors God. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that should repent. If he said it, He's committed to it. He has exalted his word far above his name. 
He watches over his word to perform it. Abraham glorified God. May we not shame God. Excuse me, what is the opposite of glorify? Is either my children glorify me or what? They shame me. They disgrace me. They put me to shame. Every time we drop our faith, what it actually means in clear terms is we stop glorifying God and begin to dishonor and to shame God. We that are parents, we know when a child shames us. You don't even know what to say. You don't even know where to hide your face. And since Satan is the accuser of the brethren, Satan will be there to make God feel bad. Shotan, are these not the ones you die for? Is this not the ones you are giving prophecy? Shotan, Abraham glorified God. May we glorify God by holding on to the word of God. For those listening to me, you will not disgrace God. You will glorify God. If you drop your faith, you're going to pick it up and God is going to show up for you before the end of this year. It's going to be happy outcomes to the glory of his name. God has spoken. It is settled. Amen. Settled. Abraham glorified God. Verse 22 says, so now you can see why Abraham's faith was credited to his account as righteousness before God. When you glorify God, it's beyond what he does for you. Your name enters a register. You are promoted to a level. Ah, may we not be demoted. May we be promoted in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read God's word, Romans 4, 18 to 21. I want you to pay attention. Remember, I'm talking to you about the subject seems impossible, looks impossible, and now it is inevitable. The, the God's word says, when there was nothing left to hope for, when there was nothing left to hope for, Abraham still hoped and believed. Read the next three words for me. As a result. We've heard it before. As a result, he became a father of many nations. As he had been told, this is how many descendants you will have. Verse 19, Abraham did not weaken. Though through faith, he disregarded the facts. He did not let the facts undermine his faith. Look at this one. Through faith, he faith he no no disregarded the facts his body was already as good as dead now that he was about a hundred years old and Sarah was unable to have the child through faith he disregarded the facts what are you regarding after God has spoken what are you regarding what facts are you superimposing on what God said? Fact is important, but truth is superior to facts. It is a fact that a man might be struggling today if the truth is that he's going to break through because God has spoken it. Somebody say amen. Somebody say the right kind of amen. Verse 20 says, he didn't doubt God's promise out of a lack of faith. Instead, hallelujah, giving honor to God for the promise, it became strong because of faith. The other one we read says, Abraham glorified God. This one says, he was giving honor to God for the promise, he became strong because of faith and was absolutely confident that God would do what he promised. What did you put your confidence in? Or who? Because everybody has confidence in something. If the most important, if this, your strongest confidence is placed anywhere outside God, you're a sinner. Some people's confidence is in a man. Some people's confidence is in their foreign account. Some people's confidence is in the fact that they have a blue or red passport. Honestly, that is sacrilege in the face of God. 
the Bible says concerning our father Abraham, he was absolutely confident that God would do what he promised. I come to remind you, God is not a man that he should lie. God does not need to repent of what he said because he doesn't even need to get out of his throne. He doesn't even need to stand up to do what he wants to do. He sends his word and his word performs it. So shall it be for us in Jesus' name. The message translation says, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Can you see that? Can you see that? When everything was near hopeless, I'm asking you, is that what is on the screen? When everything was near hopeless, when everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding, listen to the deciding not to, to, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Abraham believed anyway, deciding in himself to live on the basis, to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do to bring it to pass, but on the basis of what God said he would do about that situation. And so he was made a father. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you are going to have a big family, Abraham. Somebody that is not married yet, you're going to have a big family in Jesus' mighty name. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it is hopeless. What are you focusing on? Not by might, not by power, by my spirit, said the Lord. Abraham did not focus on his impotence Otherwise, he would say it is hopeless. The, this hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. Let's talk about that. What do you focus on? What you focus on will decide what becomes of your face. He didn't focus on his 100-year-old impotent body or solving the decades of infertility of his sweetheart. That is double jeopardy. He's old by impotence. The wife is, has decades of history of infertility. I want to ask you, if he focused on that, will he not say it's impossible? Will he not say it is even improbable? He did not focus. I beg of you. Take your eyes away from that voice, from that whatever you see, from that whatever you feel that makes you think your situation is impossible. That makes you, that suggests to you it is far-fetched. It is improbable. It is too late. If you don't remove your focus, honestly, your faith will not change or your lack of faith will not change church why we come to church is help us shift our focus do you know social media is always shifting your focus away from God do you know some people's voices some people will even talk bad about you let us see what will become of your faith at 40 you're not married you don't have a boyfriend Psh, sit down there to decide what you focus on. You have the permission to change your focus. The word of God says concerning Abraham, the reason why he glorified God is Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence. It was clear he was impotent. He didn't focus on his own impotence and conclude that it is hopeless. It is impossible. It is improbable. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child anyway. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and do what? And give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. Mm -mm. Mm, questions. When you question God. When you question what he said, when you question how are you going to do it, 
He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. He was sure that God will make good on what he had said. Only on Sunday, we we it's like with foreknowledge of being ready for God, we took the communion of readiness. I want you to stand to your feet. Ready for God. Ready for God's word to be fulfilled. Lift up your hands to God. As the word has struck you today, be honest and speak to God. Somebody is saying, I change my focus. Somebody says, I'm not looking in the rear view mirror. What has happened has happened. God is not in what has happened. God is in what is about to happen. That is for somebody. God is not by in what happened. God is in what is about to happen. God is not even limited by what happened. God says, I will do a new thing. A new thing is in the present and in the future is not in the past. Bible says he didn't go around cautiously asking skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise of God. What promise do you have from God today, this year, today? And he came up strong, ready for God. The communion of readiness says, tell the people to get ready to cross the Jordan River. In three days, we'll go across and conquer and also live in the land which God has promised us. The land of happy outcomes. We're going to conquer it. We're going to live in it because this is the promise of God. Help me join hands with somebody. Pray for the person. You will change your focus back to God. You will glorify God and challenge God. Hey, I want you to say to somebody, pray for that person and say to the person, you are going to be ready for what God is about to do. You're not going to consider the facts. You're going to believe God anyways. May your faith arise and you become absolutely confident that God will do what he has promised for you he will do. You will disregard the facts, the medical records, whatever it is. And as a result, you will become what God said you will be. Against all odds, pray for that person. Even if it looks hopeless, you will believe God and, and God will bring it to pass. As a result of you still believing God in spite of the circumstances, you will become what God said you become. You will possess what God says is your own. Jehovah Olubeja will now step into your battle because by your faith you glorify God. Father, I have spoken your word. Let there be a performance of your word. it be that what seemed impossible, what looked improbable, becomes now inevitable. Between now and the end of this year, testimonies galore, happy outcomes, providential outcomes, amazing testimonies that people become like our father Abraham. Even for Sarah who laughed, she still became, she received strength to conceive because she believed God was able will be left behind those that are believing and those like Sarah who laughed we are all going to make it together as you did in the household of Abraham so you will do in the household of grace assembly so shall it be blessed be the name of the Lord our God in Jesus matchless name we pray please help me with the kind of amen somebody give the Lord the praise give Lord give the Lord the adoration Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for a renewal. 
the Bible says that Abraham got ready for God. We're ready for what you're about to do. Bring it to pass. Let your name be glorified. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. Thank you for participating in the interactive section of this service. And great will be our rejoicing together in Jesus' name.